I don't even know how this show goes. I actually don't know how an intro <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do this. I thought, I was like, oh, do you have a set format? No. Should I just stay silent until I don't you know. introduce the show? Or well, does it just start? Well, we've just started. Well, I think Hi, that's... Hi, we're here. We're, we're here. We're ready to talk. <laughs> we're ready to drink. We're ready yeah. to do all of those things. But, we are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been a while. I, I actually don't know when the last episode of Wozcast was actually cast into the world. It's It's been probably well over a year it's probably we might have to restart the feed or something i don't know how that works yeah how do people find it if they've uh, maybe they've subscribed and it'll just ping up and they'll be like oh my god a new was cast episode oh goodness I've how excited will those two people be <laughs> <laughs> i've been waiting for so long and one of them's probably nick branch so you know that, that that'll be hilarious the other one's probably lewis and he knows that we're recording <laughs> so he's just <laughs> listening anyway getting it from from here yes. oh well but never um but it is what it is so yeah, so it's been a while since we've done pod podcast was cast, and you messaged me the other day because you went to see a comedy show. I did, and this was a comedy show that you had recommended, or at least sent me a link through to, because you were talking about it, and I was like, "That sounds epic, awesome! <laughs> Who doesn't want to, you know, drink wine and go to comedy?" Because it was a comedy slash wine tasting uh, show by comedian. Uh, Merrick Watts and I was like yeah I'm gonna go to this so I got some friends together uh, and ended up going to a 12 p.m one on a Saturday which uh, interesting choice because at that point I hadn't eaten a whole lot because it was you know only <laughs> midday and then all of a sudden you're jumping into wine uh, but one of my friends pulled out so it ended up just being two people ah. um, but you know uh, we actually made a couple of friends there which was very fun and then you also went to the show on the Sunday so you had a bit of I think it may be different experience because it was more an afternoon yeah it's a five o'clock thing so it was quite different it was um it was interesting because it's always gonna be an interesting crowd on a Sunday Mm. as well because you're gonna have people that maybe don't have to go to work the next day true or have late starts um you're gonna have people that are just there because it's a nice early time slot so they can get home and you know it's five o'clock we're out there by about seven or so so it was quite nice um did lewis tell you about the experience at the show i actually have not seen lewis um i didn't uh attend we obviously do uh radio frio together yeah uh and i missed this week's episode so i haven't actually spoken to lewis since then so i don't know anything really about your experience right okay so we went along and i was super excited Mm -hmm. and so we sat like right at the front nice and so to describe the arena that it was held in, it was at Recobites. Mm-hmm. So it's like an old, it's an old hall, isn't it? It is. O- originally, but it's mm-hmm. been used for theatre for a number of years. And so when you go into the building, you actually go upstairs into the hall and there's a stage right at the front, which is cool. And then they had it set up, um, I think Merrick described it as Oktoberfest style. It seating. was very Oktoberfest <laughs> style. Yes. So from the stage, there were benches that ran from the stage mm-hmm. and to the back of the hall. And people sat along both sides of the, of the benches, mm-hmm. um, sorry, of the tables on benches. 
And then there was also, I don't know whether this is the case for your show or not, there's around the three sides of the hall, there's two additional levels. Mm -hmm. So people sat on bar stools, I think it was, around the front of those levels. And for us, our wine was set up in front of us um, because we're down on the tables. But for the people sitting up the top, they had the wine set up behind them. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. And so every time the wine changes, uh, every time the wine changed, they had to get up and get their next sample from behind them. And we all just had to just sit there and wait <laughs> for those people. I was I was actually up the top, so uh, I had yeah, that so, experience, uh, right. which was interesting because I got in and it was packed. Uh, and uh, one of my, yeah, so I went up top, found a couple of stools, and yeah. yeah, it was weird. It was all kind of set up behind you, but they had these little dots. So your cup would have a blue dot, so you knew that the blue dot equivalent was your line of drinks so but there was a lot of wine walking into that uh, (laughs) theater just lined up everywhere and it was just uh, yeah a lot of people um got started with a bit of an early one so they did yeah and and that was evident I think in our show that people had been out for lunches or had gotten started in the late afternoon whatever happened because there was some interesting levels of interaction going on but um, yeah, so that so you had the two levels. So when we sat down, I realized that because we were sort of front and center, like literally at the front, I was like, oh, we're going to have to like sort of turn around to be able to see what's going on. And I thought, oh, no, nah, that'll be okay. And the seats, because I was going, maybe we should go sit on the, at the front, mm-hmm. but on the side one. So then you're facing the stage. Yeah. And I thought that would have been pretty cool. Glad I didn't because where I wanted to sit the woman above that person knocked her drink over. No yeah. way. And Merrick like pointed it out. He was just <gasps> like, go up there and mop her. <laughs> Sorry, come down here and mop her because you've you've just spilt wine on mm. someone. Well, the way it was is that the ledges up top, you could lean your drinks on. But ah. the problem was is that if people were knocking it mm. from down the end, it kind of had this ripple effect across the entire thing. So, so the whole thing gave a bit of a shudder it and did. you're so risking it was your wine. very risky. So I didn't do it personally, but uh, I could see people doing it. I was so like, it might that not is have not even a, been a her decision. who knocked it over. That's interesting. Yeah, it could have been someone down the other end. Maybe. But, you know, I think for the most part, it probably wasn't a wise idea to put it up there anyway. No, no, <laughs> probably not. And then, so the next level up, during the show, there was this woman and she kept on interacting. And you know when like, sometimes it's like, it's it's okay to have like a an interaction. Mm-hmm. But you know those people that then be- it becomes their show? Yeah. Like they, uh, they have somehow opened a gate and... They- <laughs> They get one laugh and then they think they're hilarious also. Or they just get that little bit of attention yeah. from the from the comedian mm-hmm. and they don't understand that it wasn't necessarily positive <laughs> attention. <laughs> so because there was a comment made that, haha, there's a whole lot of, um, uh, was it, um, uh, what's, who's the old guys from the Muffets, um, Baldoff and Statler. And he's like, oh, it's like having a whole lot of Waldorf and Statlers up there and ha, ha, ha. So the two up the top decided to interact a little bit too much. 
there was also a funny interaction from a guy that just did a one-off, but that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, it fit with the show. But these two up the top, oh my goodness. After the show, we there's a post on Facebook and I didn't see it until the next day, but Lewis had commented on it going, oh my goodness, where are you at the show? And I look at the picture and the picture is from up the top. And I'm like, oh my goodness, is it up the top top or is it just like the first level? Mm-hmm. Because if it was the first level, then this person that we know was the person who knocked over the wine. <laughs> and you're just like, haha, that's pretty funny. But if she's the talker, oh my God, oh, works no. out. She was the talker. <gasps> Too many Proseccos before the show. Oh no, oh no. Did, someone, did Lewis just like creep past or something? I feel no. like I just saw some movement. I, I, Maybe it was the cat. I think it may have been the, the tiny dog. <laughs> the tiny dog. The tiny dog. Tiny uh, dog going for a that's bit of a walk. hilarious. But um, interesting show on mm. its own, apart from that. Because I was just like, oh my goodness, are you serious? Like it was you? Like, do we need to talk about like how we Etiquette. act at the theatre? Etiquette. Theater this person Etiquette. plays in a symphony, or well, not plays, but played in a symphony orchestra. So like, should know better. Right? <laughs> Etiquette, man. Oh, Etiquette. no. That's quite uh, funny. But, yeah, it, you always have a couple of people or one person who, yeah, decides to heckle <laughs> a little bit more than they should uh, and should know better. But. Absolutely. Mm. Um, audience aside, it was a great show. And so the premise is that Merrick Watts is actually a sommelier by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, he's qualified. He has a number of qualifications in wine. Um, he's like master of the Barossa. I never, no one ever asked him like, what does that mean? Because I want to know what that means now. Like, is the, does that mean that you just like, you get to walk in anywhere in the Barossa and they have to give you wine? I like, know, I just own the privileges, please. <laughs> so I don't know how that works, but um, he's got a lot of qualifications and he also linked it back to his, what was the reality show that he was on? Uh, it was something to do, is it S? E-S? S-A-S. S-A-S. So I am not familiar with the show. Mm. Didn't actually know anything about Merrick Watts at all, but thought, you know, comedy and, and tasting wine yeah. is, is a perfect combo. So, yeah, I think it was S-A-S. Um, I'll, I'll quickly Yeah, you up. looked that up. I'll so I did know a little bit about Merrick Watts because I've – well, I'm older than you <laughs> <laughs> by a lot. And when I used to listen to Triple J – uh, he was on, I think he used to do some spots with um, Adam, oh my goodness, I can't think what his name is. Not Adam, I was going to say Adam Sandler. Uh, who's Adam? <laughs> Imagine that. He used Adam to Sandler. do with Will Anderson, uh, Adam Spencer. And so he, American Rosso used to do sort of like, they were like the the comedians that used to do a bit of stuff on mm-hmm. that show on I think it was Departure Lounge at the time and then they ended up hosting Departure Lounge and then I think they I don't know whether they hosted breakfast for a while as well but they were on Triple J for a number of years and um, that was pretty cool and obviously Merrick's been doing comedy for a while so seen a couple of his comedy shows around. Looks like he's had a few guest spots on, on certain TV shows and things as well but it's called SAS Australia. Who dares wins? Oh yeah, so the whole thing was that 
he like they basically train as if they're trying to qualify to get into the SAS right pretty much yeah and it's uh, obviously a reality at TV show and for a long time I think it was just kind of general people and then they did a celebrity edition and he was part of that one so yeah you basically get dropped in the bush I think and you just have to survive uh, which sounds fun not uh, I'd much rather be drinking yeah. obviously but um, yeah he's he's done a few bits and pieces just having a look at his uh, television he was on uh, All Saints uh, and then yeah uh, Underbelly A Tale of Two Cities oh. uh, and then has had guest appearances on things like Thank God You're Here uh, so he's a bit of a you know an Australian Celeb, celeb, celeb but um, yeah, definitely someone who had a lot of knowledge. Uh, well, I think a lot of knowledge about wine. Some of the stuff I, he said, I'm like, he... is it true? Is it made up? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, uh, I think some of it. Like, I think he was having some fun with it, mm. but I think a lot of it was genuinely just a easygoing, approachable way to like either learn to understand wine mm-hmm. or justify why you like wine. Yeah. And I quite liked it. I really did. Um, incidentally, I got to go on to radio with Merrick. So oh. when I went to Sydney once, I had an opportunity to like just book a few things and do a couple of different things. And one of them was going on the show. Wow. So I got to go up to Triple J and, and do that. So that was kind of cool. And so... I was like, it's kind of weird now that we're doing a podcast about his show. <laughs> that is unique, isn't it? It is. Very unique. But we're not here to just talk. We're here to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that we decided, because um, after seeing your sh- the show, you're like going, we should do Wozcast. I'm like, yes, yes, we should do Wozcast. And one of the things that we thought we would do is instead of just doing it about whiskey mm or just doing it about a specific kind of beverage, we thought it'd be cool to lead each other down the garden path, as it were, and each episode will just like, one of us will go, right, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And it could be a food and um, beverage kind of situation. It could be a cocktail. It could be a, a type of alcohol or whatever. So that's yet to be all determined. But to kick it off, we thought we'd go with one of Merrick's recommendations. Did you want to um, explain the, the premise there? The premise of the wine? Or? Well, the premise of the wine and, and the accompaniment. Oh, yes. So apparently this Chardonnay pairs really well with chicken twisties. Uh, so we are lucky enough to have in front of us a 2014, I believe. Well, I don't know whether it's this particular Chardonnay, but the tip from Merrick Watts Is that Chardonnay was that Chardonnay in, in general, general yeah, mm, pairs well with chicken twisties. And mm-hmm. I think everybody at that point thought, there was a kind of a brief silence in the theatre as people kind of lingered on that thought and went, oh, hang on, maybe that's maybe co- that works. Maybe that's true. So we decided that it's worth a go. And And if it's and if it's really bad, then we just um we we find something to rinse our mouths with exactly. and, and keep drinking the shardy. Uh, what is the worst that could happen though? Although I think most people go for ch- uh, cheese twisties. <laughs> But well, I mean, I, I don't go for cheese. Cheese twisty. Cheese and wine always goes really well together, in my opinion. Oh, going to get with that ASMR going. Oh, listen to that. Some people like that. Some people don't. don't <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's true. Most people would go for the cheese. Mm. 
I'm not going to pour a whole lot of these out because um, <laughs> I reckon we're both going to hate them. But anyway, we'll see. But yeah, basically his recommendation was that, so you'd go through the wine mm-hmm. um, that was in our glasses and we'd all have a bit of a try. Should we, should, we should probably do that now. We should. We should. Have a little smell. Mmm. Smells great. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is a brilliant. That is. I was hoping it wasn't going to be one of those like super buttery kind of ones after him bagging them out and them. explaining why mm. they're not a good thing. So what he would do is like, we'd all try the wine and he'd explain a few things about, you know, the history of wine and that kind of thing. And he would, um, you know, go through just, I don't know, some like some neat little facts and some like what makes that particular wine that we were tasting um, a good example of mm. it in his opinion. And I didn't disagree with any of his opinions. I thought that the wines that we tried were actually all really good. So that was pretty amazing. Um, and then he would at the end go, well, here's a, here's a food recommendation for that particular kind of wine. So yeah, when he said, now what you want to do is you want to go get like a really, really nice, like spend 20, 30, 40, $50 on a, on a nice bottle of Chardonnay. And, and then you want to go and get yourself. And I was expecting him to say like KFC, cause he'd been talking about, um, he'd been talking about like chicken being a really good accompaniment with, yeah. with the old shardy. Shardy. And yeah, and he came out with chicken twisties and I was just like, huh. Mind blowing. So um, I might push the mic away and, and give one of these crunches Let's a shot. Let's do it. Let's but I'm going to do it with chopsticks because, you know, I've, I've watched She-Hulk and I was blown away by that tip and I was just like, that's brilliant. I'm going to roll them out so we don't have sticker fingers. You're being very fancy. I am ashamed to say I cannot use chopsticks. So I'm going to go in with the old fingers and, um, yeah, give that a go. Ooh. Oh, crunchy ass. I was like, I might wait till you finish yours and I'll keep talking. So Kat is crunching away on the twisty there for some commentary. And now I'm going to go to sip. So you, you go do the crunch. Do the crunch and we'll... Um then we can go the the sip because I'm not one of these people that can put like food in my mouth and then like drink mm. and have it all swishing around together. I'm just not into that. No. That's why the oyster one freaks me out. You've got to like let it go down and mm. have have the flavor in there, mm. but then and then sip the wine, sip the wine. Haha. <laughs> It actually works. It's not bad. <laughs> I could easily, you know, get. I home. think it's the saltiness as mm. well because it's such a. I'm not very good with wine and wine words either. Neither. But for me, it's it's not like super fruity. It's not going to be like you know your Sauvignon Blancs mm. or something like that. But it there is a rich kind of not sweetness but um, like fruitiness to it. The seasoning on those twisties obviously is chicken seasoning too, mm. and I think that that flavour just works, doesn't it? Yeah, and then I was just like going, "Oh, I'm gonna be serving chicken flavoured twisties to a vegetarian. Oh, I'm the worst." <laughs> no. <laughs> oh wow. Not adverse to a chicken flavoured chip. No, That's not at all. I I tend to eat, yeah, try and the chip the old chip flavours, give them a go. I haven't had the uh, – oh, it's really yummy. I think there's a 
sausage flavored chip i've not never eaten one of those maybe a bit weird yeah i might be wrong i'm not sure i quite like the vegemite shapes though weirdly vegemite shapes are okay i'm a big pizza shapes kind of person Mm. i think pizza's where it's at barbecue shapes are okay pizza's pizza's better though i think it's the oregano or oregano Mm. or however we're saying it apparently i'm I'm now starting to think what other wines can we pair with other types of chips? <laughs> what's going to work? What's not going to work? Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, because, wh- where would you? Wh- what would you put with your cheese and onion chips? Ooh, I love a good cheese and onion chip. Good chip, but very difficult to pair. Like, you want something fairly robust. You could even pair it with a red. Mmm. I feel like a nice Shiraz. Yeah, that'd be nice. Or maybe something like a little bit sweeter, like the, like the, you know how the, the Syrahs are just like that little bit less meaty? Yeah. That might work really that nicely with it good. as well. Mm. Mm. I like the idea of that. But um, I don't think this is a bad recommendation at all. No, I'm, I'm down for this. And I don't hate chicken twisties as much as I recall hating <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm not a big fan of chicken flavored things. It's the old debate, you know, cheese mm. versus chicken, and I think a majority is always going to go with the uh cheese flavored. But, you know, these aren't bad, yeah. you know. Well, I would have thought that when I went to the shops today to go and get said chicken twisties, that there would have been an abundance, like I would have been able to buy lots of different sizes of packets. I was hoping to get some multi-packs and maybe yeah. maybe get some cheese ones as well. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing. The shops had all of the flavors of everything. It wasn't like there was a a chip shortage, but there was a definite shortage of chicken-flavored twisties, leading me to believe that the craze has caught on. I think it has. And, I mean, considering how packed the show was, I mean – the show on Saturday was packed. I'm mm. assuming the one on they Sunday. All sell, sold they out. all sold. That's yeah. right. They did because mm. I was going to go for the Friday night. I thought uh, yeah, that was Friday me night too. Sold mm-hmm. out. So I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll go Saturday, and then yes, yeah, so they were all sold out. Big haul. Lots of people straight to the shops to do the exact same thing we are currently doing. Only we are sharing our thoughts <laughs> with the, the podcast world. We are. Um, what do you think of the old um, high plate? So to give a bit of background to the wine we are drinking the 2014 chardonnay reserve um and oh look at the label's gone all squinchy it must mean i wonder if that was from the fridge anyway um but the way that they describe it because you you got to read the back of the bottle of these things um it's high plains and margaret river and they also make juniper estate yes so they say on the back of the wine, it's made from hand-selected Chardonnay grapes grown on the Higher Plain Vineyard. The grapes were whole bunch pressed for barrel, sorry, whole bunch pressed two barrel for fermentation. And then after maturation in French oak on the least years for up to 12 months, the final blend was made from a barrel selection of the best of the vintage. With minimal intervention, the Chardonnay is made to reflect the unique site of the vineyard and attributes of the vintage, resulting in a wine of elegance, finesse, and complexity. It's like you and me. Aww. Aww. Elegance, finesse, and complexity. I don't claim to know a lot about wine. I mm. claim to love wine. I do. Mm. I really do. And I think yeah. that uh, I – but I don't claim to know it. I don't sit there and go, you know, this has got a – 
woody finish or a, you no. know, uh, fr- I mean, I can pick up on certain things mm. and, and, but I don't, you know, I would love to know more and learn more and maybe that's my goal yeah absolutely uh, is to do that so I, I can't claim to know a lot about this and, and tell you the uh, notes, I know that I like it but I, I was gonna say <laughs> but I know I like it it goes down lovely it doesn't um, have any bitterness in it so it's no. not you know how sometimes you'll drink a, a Chardonnay and it can be a little bit bitter afterwards and it kind of sits there with you. Do you think like, because I mean, it's not the youngest of Chardonnays either. Yeah. Do you think it's like had a bit of time to maybe mellow out? And obviously like it's a slightly more refined way mm-hmm. of of actually the, the, the process and the production that it went through. It's been slightly more refined right from the word go. So the end product is probably reflective of that and then the way that we're drinking it now it's like borderline it's coming up it's coming up to its 10th birthday that's you know that's insane to think that it is almost 10 Mm. uh, because you think oh that's not that long ago but it is so I think it has just had time to sit but uh, I like it it kind of has a ping at the beginning and then it Mm. just real kind of you know mellows mellows out out, which I really like yeah uh, I can understand that and I think that the oak thing for me with with Chardonnays in particular, it was kind of fixed when I went to – there's a winery down south called um, Redgate mm-hmm. and the guy who does the tastings down there, or I don't know whether he still does or not, he's just infinitely patient and he'll teach you like little tidbits from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I made the comment once, oh, don't worry about the Chardonnay from me. I'm not a fan. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, try this. I'm like, well, why am I going to like this one? Is it like not oat? Like what makes it good? He said, the serving temperature. He said, it's not whether it's oaked or not mm-hmm. that you're, that's your problem. It's the temperature that it's served at. And apparently, you know, because we're Australian and we're just like, white wine, put her in the freezer, Put her in love. the freezer. Pop some ice in there <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Keep it nice and cold. <laughs> we tend to over chill our wines apparently. And when you've got something that's been oaked, when you over chill it, all you're going to taste is that oakiness. I'm like, oh, that, that makes does so much sense. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. where I feel like this is a quite a nice temperature. And I don't know because if it was sitting out for a bit or if it was in a certain temperature, but this, yeah. Is- oh, well, we did leave it sitting out for a little bit. Um, this one's actually been in, we've got like a, it's not even a fancy one, but um, years ago, Lewis's parents got us a little wine fridge. Oh, the best and- thing you can have, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not as not by any means, I think it was like a Kmart one, but it does the trick. It keeps mm-hmm. things at a constant temperature because you know our old house mm. in particular, it used to range greatly in temperature. In the winter, it was freezing cold. and the summer, it was melting hot. So it wasn't great for keeping any wine in. So we used to have this little wine fridge and we've been able to keep some wines for a decent amount of time. So it's been sitting in there for, I don't know how many years we've had this particular bottle. And that's something I'd like to keep better track of, but that's another story for another time. But I did pull it out and put it into the main fridge oh, probably about mid-afternoon, early to mid-afternoon. Right, yeah. so it has, yeah. So it has had a little bit of extra chill. So like you have got a bit of condensation on the outside of the bottle, but it's not greatly cold. And I think today is quite um, humid. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. No, I think uh, temperature is has a lot to do with how wines taste. Mm. I think it's not really thought about that often. No. So I think it's something you've really got to consider. But I really like this. I think this is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to agree. And as far as like, I mean, I could sniff and smell and I'm not necessarily going to get any I'm kind of like... like, it. I'm like I know, yeah. like it smells nice. I mean, to me, I'm getting a lot of vanilla, but I do tend to get a bit sensitive to like the oaky kind of smells. And that yeah. is like a flavor that I'm used to from whiskey is that vanilla kind of flavor that you get from oak barrels. Yeah. Particularly new ones. But you kind of do get like a little bit of that toastiness. And I do like that in a, in a Chardonnay, but without it being too toasty. And it's buttery without being too buttery as well. Yeah. I don't like anything too buttery. Mm. And this is not too buttery, but trying to think of. I wonder whether like Chardonnay might go well with like Vegemite on toast. I, I think it would because the best thing about Vegemite toast is the butter that you mm. lather on and then well for me I put heaps of I, butter on and I like a smidge of Vegemite and then the Chardonnays always pair well with things that are buttery anyway I think it would should we test it I think we should all right I'm gonna pause okay well that was quite the adventure <laughs> that was quite the adventure but the the room is there's a smell of toast and Vegemite there is uh, in the room and of course the the butter uh, and we thought <laughs> and lots of butter let's... I do hope oh is yours gonna be too Vegemite would this one be better no I'm you, fine you're good okay. I'm all good I all do worry good. because um I I tend to be heavy-handed with both the butter the joke in the house is um enough butter to kill a small horse I do like and, that and um and then, of course, there is the Vegemite, which I kind of just throw at the... Eh, <laughs> this is this is eh, very delicate for me. Eh. <laughs> I kind of just throw it at throw the bread and, and whatever sticks I eat. <laughs> I'm interested. Let's give this a go. Right, I'm going to take a sip of the shardy first. It's a good so I get idea. That, Let's get that, that flavor, flavor going, going again. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That's oh, it's really yummy. And I like how wine changes... One, Ooh. as you kind of like have more of it. Yeah. And also as the temperature changes, like while it's in your glass, I reckon yeah. that must have an effect as well. Because I'm getting a bit more sort of like, maybe a little bit of like that zestiness. It is zesty. I thought that the earlier. Um, I'm going to read a couple of fun facts out while cool. you uh, have a try of that. But uh, Chardonnay, uh, they recommend with this drink to choose a glass with a wide rounded base uh, and narrow top. And serve, I've kind of done okay. You have done. You've picked a good glass uh, and serve between eight and twelve degrees. So hmm. uh, I think, yeah. Oh, let's. I, I do. I do actually have a thermometer. Ooh, so have you got some more check. facts? Oh, I can keep reading some facts. Uh, best food matches are uh, grilled salmon, paella, uh, and brie. Yes, brie I think would be uh, a good thing. But uh, Chardonnay does originate from Burgundy. Uh, and it takes its name from the village in southern Burgundy with the same name. So ah, there you go. Because this was the wine that it was pointed out that a Chablis is the same as a Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Uh, little fun fact here, though. But Chardonnay's rise in Burgundy is largely attributed to the queen and wife of Emperor Charlemagne. She was so fed up with red wine stains in her husband's white beard that she demanded to cultivate white grapes on their estate uh now known as Courton Charlemagne 
So, I mean, I don't know how true that fact is, but it could be. No, Uh, I'm going with that. Uh, Um, I quite like the toast. You do? The toast kind of works me. You should have a bit of a try of it. Um, So, we are actually drinking this wine. Um, It's being poured at about 17 degrees, which is probably a little bit warmer than what's Mm -hmm. being recommended, isn't it? So, that's, um, but I think it works. Um, It's in the glass. It's amazing how much it warms up because in, in the glass it's sitting at about mm, just under 20 degrees. Oh, that's good. Nice. And how cool is my thermometer? The twisties I do, I like <laughs> um, are 21.5 degrees and my toast is a lovely 27 degrees. Beautiful. No, I think that the temperature of the wine is actually perfect. Uh, the Chardonnay, sorry, I should say, uh, is perfect. So... I think this one we could definitely go a little bit higher than the recommended uh, 8 to 12. I think that's our key takeaway from this is that, you know, it can be a little bit higher. Mm, Yeah, I think that's probably – and it is winter. Mm. So I guess for us we kind of want something to be a little bit warmer. Maybe in the summertime we'd want something to be a little bit cooler. Very true. I think think the Vegemite on toast thing kind of works. I like it. Mm. I think it pairs well. And I think, you know – those nights where you go, oh, can't be bothered cooking dinner. Pull out a uh, 2014 High Plains Chardonnay. Get the toaster get going. Get the toaster going and you're set. And then you can have your twi- uh, chicken twisties after. Oh, nice. So I think we've just, uh, we're really onto something here. I think, I think we might be. I think that that's probably, um, I think we've just peached there. I think, I don't think <laughs> with, it goes with our there. recommendations. I really I think do. we're done with Wozcast. Uh, I did actually have a bit of a gander. And the last was cast was actually the Nick Offerman 2021 edition, which I, yeah, I kid you not. And so we recorded that in October 2021. So Time who knows whether the speed's still going or not. Time we might be starting flies. from scratch. Uh, but no, I think we've definitely delved into the Chardonnay. We haven't, you know, spoken about facts and, and, and stuff. We don't know a lot about it, but we like it. It yeah. tastes good. I'm not going to pretend to do anything other than, you know, yeah. what we do know. It looks, it, it tastes great. It pairs well with your uh, Vegemite and uh, Vegemite toast and cheese twisties. So, yep. I, I think, think that's probably about it. I think that we'll wind that up and um and we might go and enjoy some um tangent cityying. Ooh. Get, get talking about Barbie. I know. That's uh, definitely a very divisive uh, film at the moment, isn't it? Uh, particularly, <laughs> Depends on well, <laughs> if you're a male chauvinist pig, yeah. Yeah, I think gender politics is a huge part a of this. big pill to swallow. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, some interesting commentary around the film. So. Definitely. All right, we will catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> that was cool. Oh, my God, this tastes so good. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.